Christ, the agent and goal of God's creative act, reconciles all things through his death on the cross and presents believers acceptable to God if they stand firm in the gospel. In this week's sermon, you're going to hear a message from our lead pastor, Felix Gilbert, from our current series, Christocentric. Grab your Bibles and go with me to uh, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. And then we're going to walk through what God is saying and what God is doing in our midst. If you guys are there, let me know when you're there. And jump down to um, verse 24. I somebody need to let Mr. Edward know that this thing is not changing so he can figure out what he needs to do. Um, verse 24, if you're there, say amen. I'm going to read verse 24 all the way um, through verses 29. And then I'm going to do something interesting in that I'm going to talk about what's going on in verse 24 and what's going on in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And all I want to do is just lay some foundation. I want to share just three simple truths with you that I want you all to be able to track with me. Verse 24 says, if you're there, say amen. I'm reading from the ESV. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Verse 26 says, The mystery hidden for ages and generation but now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the, mystery, of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, Lord have mercy, the hope of glory. Verse 28 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone, and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For in this I toil, struggling with all this energy that he powerfully works within me. Let me go to verse chapter 2 since I'm going to roll here. For I want you to know how great a struggle, come on say struggle. I have for you and for those at Laodicea. Um, this is a parenthetic, it's not in scripture, but the challenge with a lot of us as believers in Christ is we don't struggle for each other. It's a parenthetic, parenthetic, okay? Um, is, is I don't like you enough to struggle for you, but I name the name of Christ. It's parenthetic and it's kind of out of context, so we'll kind of hit that a little bit to make sense in a little while. Um, I, the struggle I have for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding that the knowledge of God and the knowledge of God's mercy, which is Christ, in whom we have hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Now, when we begin this series, we spent quite a bit of time 
in um, chapter 1, verses 15, all the way to 23, dealing with the truth of the preeminence of Christ and who God is and what God has done for us and what God has done through us. Here's a couple of things that we learned that I want to just share with you by way of review, and then I'll talk through um, the principles that I want to share with you. If you have access to version, you can download um, the, the notes and, and follow along. I don't know if they'll be able to get that fixed, but I wanted to kind of point some things out on the screen so we can get to where we need to go. Number one, we learned, first of all, that God is Lord over the cosmic realm. Say that with me. Say, he's Lord over the cosmic realm. Say it again. Say, he's Lord over the cosmic realm. Secondly, we learn that he's Lord over the earth realm. Say, he's Lord over the earth realm. I, I am being elementary because I want you to grasp what I'm saying so you can begin the process of seeing who you are in Christ so we can start being all that God would have us to be. Amen? Okay. Now, the fact that he's Lord over the cosmic realm and Lord over the, the earth realm um, we saw thirdly that he defied the cosmic and defied the earthly realm so he can incarnate himself in the form of flesh and come to earth to reconcile us. Church, that's good news. Are you with me? Here's what we saw a couple of weeks ago. We were at enmity or we were enemy, enemy with God and God took the time to love me enough and he took the time to love you enough. Come on, maybe you feel you deserve to be loved. Do I have any witnesses here know that they had really messed up? Come on, talk to me. That, that you know you, you weren't good all the time and, and you weren't being all that God would have you to be? Say, God reconciled me. One more time. Say, God reconciled me. Now, here's what I want you all to track with me today. Is that Paul wanted the church at Colossae to understand this truth so they can live a life worthy of the gospel that they have received so they can start being the people that God had called them to be. The Colossian church, by way of background, were being taught a lot of heretical teaching um, where the heretics were probably trying to convince them that they are nobody in Christ and they didn't have access to God and they weren't joint heirs with Christ. So Paul comes along to do two things that I'm going to talk about at the end of the message, but it was important for them to know who they are in Christ so they can begin the process of living out this gospel that God had called them to do. So this means some things to you. Number one, here's what I want you all to understand. We are reconciled, okay, before I even say that. You and I were not saved for the mere pleasure of enjoying the plane ride to heaven. I want you all to hear me. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? Because a lot of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that the sole purpose God saved me was to deliver, deliver me from hell. As true as that may be, he has divine intention attached to your liberation. Are you with me? And what that means is God saved you and God saved me to partner with him in doing what he wants done over the earth realm. Are you with me? So, so if I was young, if I was probably about Rashid's age, I'd say we're reconciled to rep Christ. I'd probably say it like that. But say it with me. Say I am reconciled to represent Christ. To the neighbor, okay, because the neighbor, you have been reconciled 
to represent Christ. That's very, very, very important that you not miss that as we kind of talk about that. So I want to share three things with you. I don't know if you can see this, but number one, here's what I want you to understand. Believers are called by God to present his word in its fullness. Don't miss that. In its fullness. In its fullness, which involves suffering for the sake of the body of Christ. So here's the thing. God saved you. And he sent his son to come into the earth realm to save us so we can work with him in doing what he wants done in the earth realm. So in other words, by virtue of the fact that you've accepted Christ in your life as personal Lord and Savior, God has an assignment for you. I want you all to hear me this morning, okay? You might not know what it is, but he has, fact of the matter is, he has an assignment for you. Come on, say amen if y'all tracking with me. So I'm going to walk through this, and I want y'all to see what this is and what it's talked about real quick. So number one, hear me. You have been reconciled to respond to the call of God. Let me, let me back up a little bit, and you might hear this again next week. Before I formed you, I knew you, and I ordained you to be fill in the blank. In the world, okay? So hear me out. The only reason you and I are left behind and the only reason you and I are here in the earth realm today is because next to our name in God's plan book, he has a position and an assignment assigned to you. Are you with me? So quit fooling. Let me, let me put myself in this. We need to quit fooling ourselves into thinking all I need to do is just come to church. Let me go here. All I need to do is just go to work. Let me back up a little bit. Matter of fact, your heavenly assignment is more important in the eyes of God than the earthly job that you do. Because if you know the God that I serve, God don't need you to have a job for him to provide for you to do what he wants done. He can provide because he's God all by himself. And we get that thing so twisted that we reprioritize and fool ourselves into thinking that our earthly jobs are more important than the heavenly assignment. Oh, Jesus. Somebody in here. God did not leave his home in glory and travel the cosmic constellations for 40 and two generations, was born of a, mange, of a, a virgin, laid in a manger, lived a sinless life, walked the dusty road of Calvary where he hung his head and died just so you and I can have a good job. He's bigger than that. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Come on, talk to me. He's bigger than that. And by virtue of the fact that he saved me, and by virtue of the fact that he saved you, we are reconciled to respond to the call of God on our life. Look at verse, and I'm going to do this chiastically. Look at verse 25. Look at 25. Look at what Paul says. Of which I became a what? A minister according to to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully what? Come on, are you seeing that with me? Jump down to chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. Go back to 25. Of which I have become 
a minister of the stewardship from God that was given me for you to make the word of God fully what? So here's the thing. Let me say this as plain and as simple as I could say it. The only reason God chose you and the only reason God chose me before the foundations of the world is to represent him in the earth realm. Come on, are you getting this, people? Okay, here's how I said it initially. There is divine intention attached to your liberation. Okay, if I'm you, I'm trying to figure out what my assignment is so I can be about my father's business. So here's how Paul said it now to the church at Colossae. Listen up, Colossians. The reason I am coming to you, the reason I am writing this lesson, this letter, the reason I want to exhort you is because I am obligated to the gospel because of what Christ did for me. And I'm telling you this because I want you to know now in, in the city of Colossae that you're not just saved for the mere pleasure of having good prayer meetings and being saved or just having good Bible study. The reason God saves you is because he wants you to work with him in the earth. Number one. Come on, is this making sense? Repeat after me. Say, I am saved to serve. Say it again. Say, I'm saved to serve. Now, I'm going to leave that alone because in the upcoming weeks as we walk through Colossians, I'll talk about what that looks like. Here's the, the B under number two. The response to the call involves suffering for Christ. Y'all not going to like me. Um, I wish I had time to go to John 15. Here's how Jesus says it. If they hated me, yeah, y'all know how it goes. If they cussed me out, yeah. If they killed me, here's what we do. Y'all, let me, this, this is just the word, okay? We get saved. I'm not giving me up for nobody. On my priority scheme, it's just me and God, but I ain't doing that. And none of us are willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. Let me, let me give you suffering in two ways, and I'll give you some simple example. I have a theology, of, a theology of end times or an eschatological perspective, which all that talks about is when Jesus comes back, that the church is going to go through something, okay? I'm not one of those guys that believe the rapture is going to happen, and then we will go away, and then the tribulation is going to come. I think, and I think I can show you in scripture, that the church is going to go through a tribulation. Now... The reason I think from a Western perspective we don't believe that theology is because we live in what's known as the free world where the church today doesn't, are not being persecuted for the cause of Christ. Come on, y'all. You get hungry and you're broke, all you have to do is apply for food stamps and you'll be just fine. Are you with me? I can take you to some countries, and I can take you to some worlds 
where there is no governmental system to deliver you from the struggles of the world. Come on, are you with me? Matter of fact, we live in a world where you can bring your iPad to church and, and look up any version of the Bible you want to. You can, can do etymology on words. You can look up Greek. You can look up Hebrew. You can do whatever you want to do on your iPad. Matter of fact, we live in a world where we can use your son's iPhone to control the screen, and we feel good about it. But I can take you to some places where it's illegal to walk around with a printed Bible. What do you do then? I will never forget a mission trip that I took to um, Bogota, Colombia, where when we first got off the plane, they had armed guards with machine gun guarding us because if, if, if the rebels on the ground found out that Christians had entered the country, they would kill us all. I will never forget going to the hotel. It's not going to the front desk to check in and carry your luggage with you. The armed guards went into the hotel, swept every single room in the hotel, radioed to the bus driver, say, now come under the tunnel. And we took the service elevators while the guard guarded because if they found out Christians were in the hotel, they'd blow it up. Are we prepared to suffer like that for Christ? The purpose of the trip was for us to see what the persecuted church was all about. So here's what this looked like. They brought in survivors of persecution, and one guy had one eye in the literal sense of the word, okay? Here's his story. I was preaching, and they told me to stop preaching, and I wouldn't stop. So they put a gun to my head, pulled the trigger, blew my eyes out, but here I am still alive. They couldn't kill me. We can't identify with that in America. We only serve God because it feels good. Oh, come on. Don't, 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 don't. don't. Come on, y'all. We serve God because it's a convenience but the moment it inconveniences us to call us to have to suffer for the name of Christ, we are prepared to lay our religion down. I wish I had somebody in here. And, and the truth of the matter is, is because we really don't know what God has done for us, nor do we understand what it means to have to suffer for the cause of Christ. Let me make it simple ask you to teach children's church. Oh, no, I'm not suffering like that. <laughs> I ask you to serve on the Ursher ministry. Oh, no, that means I won't be able to dress up every Sunday. I'm not suffering like that. Ask you to come out and serve once a man month with the food bank and get my hands dirty? Inconvenience my shopping day for somebody else? Oh, I'm not ready to suffer like that. Come, can we talk, guys? A response to the call mandates suffering for the cause of Christ. And what that means 
you got to stop being you or I need to stop being myself and allow God to live through me. Oh, come on. I wish I had somebody here. When we respond to the gospel of Christ, we have no choice in the matter because our lives are no longer ours. It belongs to God. So check this out. Wherever God is working, we ought to be the first to want to shine, sign up to show up where God is. Come on, do I have at least one witness here? Come on, talk to me. You know, matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, one, one author was interviewing some people that survived or were part or were leading the persecuted church in persecuted eras. And they asked the leaders, they said to them, what's the one dominant concern you have for the persecuted church where you live? Here's what the response was. My concern is that if the persecution stops, the church will stop pursuing God. So check their prayer. Not Lord stop the persecution, but God give us strength to make it through. Because the persecution keeps us strong. It keeps us committed. It keeps us faithful. It keeps us locked in. And a lot of us don't know in that struggle because we don't want to struggle like that for God. If they persecuted me, Jesus said, they're going to persecute you. Turn your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, this is going to cost you something. <laughs> Come on, tell the other lady, other neighbor, this is going to cost you something. <laughs> okay? Now, 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 this is deep. This is deep. This is deep. Let me, let me just say this this way, and, and I need to lay this foundation for me to get to next week. The goal of the suffering is not for you. It's for the building of the body of Christ. Let me explain. Let me drink some water so y'all can process this. Jesus was not placed on the cross of Calvary where they pierced him in his side and broke every bone in his body and he hung his, his head and died so he can realize his ministry. He did it for you. Are you with, uh, did y'all get that? Let me, let me, let me look at the text. Look at the text. Go to verse 24. Then I'll talk about this. 24 says it this way. Now I rejoice in my suffering for whose sake? For you and for your sake in my flesh. Notice what he says. I am filling up what was lacking, what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of what? His body. And then he says what? That is the church. And let me put five now in context, 25. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Now I rejoice in my suffering, not for my sake, but for what? Your sake. Now here's the depth of this Colossian letter. Paul had never been to Colossae. He has never met these people. Here's how chapter 1 begun. I rejoice in the fact that you've established 
a relationship with God. So by virtue of the fact that you've got saved, I need you to know that God has something for you to do. So guess what? I'm going to go through what I need to go through so you can win. Oh, my God. Here's how we do church, my ministry. <laughs> my this, my that. And we don't realize kingdom wins. Here's how God looks at all of our little churches trying to do things in silo. Those poor people. If they could understand organizational goals versus individual goals, it would make all the difference in the world. The reason we don't fellowship across the fence is because we think we're the only ones going in. I need y'all to hear this because I'm going to say something a little while. God didn't call you to do you. You got to hear me. And I'm going to talk about body in a little while. God didn't call me to do me. He called me to be a part of, listen to the word. I wonder if it's in this phrase. Of, of Look at verse 2. For the sake of what? His body. Look at verse 25. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake and in my flesh. I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. And then he says what? That is the church. So in other words, Derek, I'm not suffering for Derek's ministry. I'm suffering for the church that Derek is a part of. I wish y'all would get this. I wish y'all would get this. This is some heavy stuff going on in Colossians. By himself... The enemy can pick him off. In a body, it's difficult to get to him because of protection. This is going to mess you all up. It's going to mess you up. If you are a member of this body, your assignment is in the body. And then this body collectively, their assignment is in the larger body. I wish I had some. And all the bodies together in Colorado, their assignment is in the larger body. It, I don't know where theologically we get the concept of ministering in isolation outside the body. My hand by itself is simply that, just a hand. Disconnected from the body, it's a jacked up hand. <laughs> Watch this. It has no connection and no brain to give it instructions. Here's the mistake we make philosophically and theologically. I can hear from God myself without a head. I'm going somewhere with this. I want y'all to hear me clear what Paul is saying to the Colossian church and why he said everything that he said. God has structure, God has order, and God works within that, right? So here's what he's saying. I suffer that the church may win. 
I go through what I go through so organizationally we can accomplish what God assigned us to do. The body of Christ collectively and individually need to understand we go through what we go through so collectively the body of Christ can win. If we stand in war together as a body, the enemy has no access. I want y'all to hear this because God is Lord over the cosmos. So here's how one author puts it. If one can put a thousand to flight, imagine what two can do. Imagine what an entire body can do if we can stand collectively on the front line. The enemy has no... So it's very, very important to understand the goal of us going through what we're going through is to accomplish the assignment that God has given this body. So here's how it works. When you relocate from this body, you don't dangle in the wind. You go join another body, and then you align with the assignment of that. Yeah, y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Wow, amazing. Amazing. Very, very important. Very important. And, 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 and check this out. This is going to really jack you up. You wonder why the Jehovah's Witness only have one church? It's because they get this. And so here's what they say. You can leave our body and go to anybody and get the same word. <laughs> they get it. But because you and I don't, we divide ourselves and we allow room for the heretic to come in and mess up what God wants done. So Paul says, I'm telling you this, Colossae, because you're being picked apart right now. And you need to understand my suffering is for the entire body at Colossae, not an individual member. Because God has a unique assignment for you to do. So the call involves suffering. It involves us going through. We must do what God has called us to do. And it means the goal of our suffering is the building up of the body of Christ. Come on, say the body of Christ. Say it again. Say the body of Christ. Let me move real quick. I want you all to see this. Okay, watch this now. The fullness of God includes the proclamation of the exclamation or explanation of the mystery of the gospel, which is Christocentric. I like this, and I'm not going to get far with it. You must get this. How can I do this in, in a little bit of time? And I just want to talk to y'all because I want to set this up really, really well. Um, let me put all these on the screen and then uh, let me go all the way here, see if it'll do that. Okay, good. Let me go here real quick. Um, the mystery was hidden. I want y'all to see all of those really quick and then we'll talk about this. Listen carefully. Say mystery. Say it again. Say mystery. The mystery was hidden in the Old Testament and I'll look at that. The goal of the mystery is the birth of a, what's that word? And the hope of the mystery is Christ where? Now, let me, let me do this this way. Go with me to Ephesians chapter, chapter 2. And I'm going to be jumping around because I'm going to land really, really quick. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to get this to see the premise of everything that Paul was saying. And jump right down to verse 11. Okay. And I'm going to move around really quick. And then I'll do some explaining, and I hope this makes sense to you so we can move on. This is very, very important, very, very important, okay? Um, share with you some implication. Verse 11. You guys are there? I'm in the ESV. Listen to what it says. Remember, and let me paraphrase as I'm reading, okay, that a long time ago, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision 
is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were separated at that time. You were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise. Look at this next phrase. Having no hope and without God, where? In the world. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near. How? Oh, my gosh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me see. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace who was made, both, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of, what's that word? Hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Okay? Now, um, go to verse 19. For then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are what? Fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built in the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is held together. Verse 22, in him, see all this Christocentric stuff, you also were being built together in a dwelling place for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 1, chapter 3. This is why, or for this reason, I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ. On behalf of you, Gentile. Um, quick question. Any Jewish by birth person in here? You are? Okay, don't raise your hand. All the rest of y'all go like this. Say Gentile. Gentile. Yeah, say it again. Say Gentile. Gentile. Okay, cool. Now let me begin explanation, okay? Now you can raise your hand with us to make sure we're all one. Okay, cool. Good. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Old Testament... We had no access to God. Old Testament, God chose the Jewish people as his vehicle through which he was going to enter the earth realm. This is going to blow your mind away. So the mystery says that the plan of God all along was to build one church. But if he started out like that, the enemy would have messed it up. So the word hidden or mystery, meaning not revealed, exists. So the Jewish people were chosen by God to be the vehicle through which Christ would enter into the earth realm. So here's what it looked like in the Old Testament. You had the nation of Israel, and then you had biblical terms, all the ites. Come on, the Perizzites. Jebusites, Amorites, come on, y'all, termites, you know, <laughs> parasites, you know, you, you, had, you had all the ites. Here's the depth. The fight was to keep the ites from dominating the Israelites. God fought for the Israelites. Are you with me? The only people that had access to God in the Old Testament were who? Exactly. Now check this out. None of the other pagan nation had access to God. Now the goal of God all along was not to keep the two divided, even though it looked that way. His goal was always to make them one. So now check this out. So now in the New Testament, Jesus comes through, and I wish I had time to do this right. The nation of Israel, the seed of David, the lineage of Abraham, and he comes and he is born, and then here's the thing. 
He goes on Calvary. He becomes the perfect sacrifice for the sin of the entire world, and he atones for sin. So here's what it looks like now in Acts. He says to his Jewish followers, listen, I'm going to go to heaven because my job has been fulfilled. The mystery is about to be revealed because my goal was not just one people. It was every person. So here's what he does. He goes to heaven, and his father releases the Holy Spirit to come into the earth realm. So now in the New Testament, it's not the Israelites and all these other ites. Anybody who accepts Christ as personal Lord and Savior now becomes Jewish by birth. Oh, y'all, y'all not getting but preacher, here's John. How can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Here's Jesus' response. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I said to you, you must be born again. So here's what happens. At, at salvation, after the day of Pentecost, the spirit, who is the spirit of God, enters us and adopts us into the family of God. So now miraculously, the people who thought they didn't have access to God, all of a sudden has access to, listen to me carefully, listen to me carefully, this God who is Lord of the cosmos. This God who is Lord of the earth realm. He is no longer fighting externally for them in a box. He places himself on the inside of you, and he fights from an internal perspective, empowering us to become sons and daughters of God. I want you all to hear me. So now we become joint heirs with Christ. And the mystery is this. People who didn't have access before. Let me use grandma terms. Folk who couldn't join church. All of a sudden, they're not joining a local assembly. They are now being united in the universal body of Christ such that when God looks at us, he says you never used to be a people, but now you have become a people. People, listen to this. Paul wanted the church at Colossae to understand this. Because he wanted them to know whose they were and who they were so they can fight right. If you don't know that God called you, you're going to fool yourself into thinking you're supposed to be an island by yourself. And you're going to see yourself as separate from the local assembly that God has you plugged into. Are you guys hearing me this morning, okay? And, and you, won't, you won't be about corporate or, 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 or um, let me call this kingdom results. It'll be about individual results, and then you'll try to plug it into the kingdom. I want you all to hear me carefully what I'm saying, because I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Jump down, jump down, and I'm almost done. Jump down to verse, look at verse 6 of chapter 3. And then I'm going to back up and we're going to wrap this up. I just want you all to get this. You guys are there? The mystery is that the Gentiles are what? Look at the next phrase. Members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through what? Man, the reason I got an attitude with the devil 
It's because I know he can't access God's kingdom to get to me. The reason I don't give him the time of day is because I know that in this kingdom, the God that I serve is the Lord of the cosmos. He's the Lord of the earthly realm. And more importantly, as a joint heir with Christ, I know he lives where? And I also know that great is he that is where? Than he that is what? So when he comes with his, his ploy, and let me, before I say that, let me say this. And as long as I don't step outside the perimeters of the church, I wish I could here, or the kingdom of God, he can't access me. And as long as, here's what I've been saying for a few Wednesdays now, Wednesdays, I don't open the windows and poke my head out to see who's knocking. And as long as I don't give him access to me, he cannot access that I am not saying that he does not tempt. He will tempt. But James still puts it this way. Resist. And he what? Yeah. He can't make me do nothing. Now, lest I share this joy just by myself, you too need to realize as members of the kingdom of God, he can do nothing to you. I want you all to hear me. Resist him and he has to flee. You are a joint heir with Christ. Come on, is this making sense? You are a joint heir with Christ. Now, here's the last thing I want you all to get, and then I'm going to go back and look at this. Let me just jump to here. A proper understanding of the mystery of the gospel results in what? Maturity where? And watch the next phrase. And what? Stability where? I said all that to say this. I don't want to offend nobody. Don't want to offend nobody. If you're still running from the devil, don't call yourself mature in Christ. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because if you know who you are, are you with me? You'll stand and hold your ground. What you got? You, me, <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> are, are you hearing me? Come on, does this make sense? But, but if, if you got to be, don't pray for me, the devil's after me. Don't, don't, don't call yourself mature because you don't have within you what's necessary to tell him where to go and how to get there. I need to lay this foundation for what I'm going to say in the upcoming weeks. Here's what Paul's trying to get the Colossians to believe. God called you. I am suffering to grow you up. It's going to involve some suffering. you got to lock into all of this stuff. But I want you to be able to withstand the heresy that's going to be coming after you so you can grow up in Christ. And you can be stable in your faith. Stable in your faith. Not wishy-washy. Not wishy-washy. Okay, and let me, let me bring this into your home. And this stability in your faith strengthens you in your home because when problems start happening in the home, you don't go after the spouse or the husband or the kids. You're going to realize, oh, that joker was the God in somewhere. And you won't be at your spouse's throat trying to kill them. Listen to this. You'll fight the right fight. If I don't get this, I need to say this this way. If I don't get this and know who I am, 
um, I am going to wrestle against flesh and blood. <laughs> Mr. Annette, I'm going to dislike you, and I'm not going to do what you say do, and I'm going to just come against you when it has nothing to do with you. If I understand what I just shared with you, God's concept of the body. So here's how Paul says it in Ephesians 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Listen. One Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord who is Lord of all. And listen to this. And overall and yeah. So, Derek, if you and I are fighting and we have the same God in us, problem is not really here. Somebody's gotten in. And one of us has given a place to the devil. And since I'm the pastor, I'm joking. He can give me two. But, but, but you, you see this, guys? So here's what Ephesians look like. Let me say this and I'm going to stop. I, I, I just need to talk to you like this. Here's how Ephesians says it. He gave the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher, the evangelist. Did I get five? For the, the I like the King James here, perfecting of the saints until we all unity in the spirit. And I'm going to land with this. I need to say this very, very rough thing and then I'm going to land here um, so that we will not be divided doing all this stuff. If you get to the place in your life, let me just say it. I'm just going to say it, okay? Don't get mad at me. Where you're dumb enough to say, I don't need no pastor. I don't need no prophet. I don't need no evangelist. I don't need none of that. Just me and God. If you get to the place where you're dumb enough to say that, the enemy already has you. Because the text says, he God gave to his body so that. So Paul's saying, Colossians, I want you to get this body thing because I don't want you to fight individually because the heretics are going to pick you off all day long. And a matter of fact, he said this in chapter 2, the same thing is happening in Laodicea, so I have the same concern for Laodicea as well. I need them to stand firm and stand strong together with the head in place and the body. And look at that, the head of the body, he says, is Christ. But stay in my order so you can do what I've assigned you to do. Okay, the reason people in the church are jacked up is because they're creating their own instructions, trying to fight battles by themselves without connecting to the body. Right? The church ought to be like this. Here's the application. If you're going through a marital difficulty, if there's one place you ought to be able to come. If it's a drug addiction, if it's a, if it's a failure, whatever it is, if there's one place you ought to be able to come, it's... And we ought to be able to put our arms around you. Reason being, because somebody up in here, up in here, up in here, done been through that. <laughs> Are you with me? Been there, done that, is the story of the church. Are you guys hearing me? So God needs us to understand this theological framework so we can move forth and be who all God would have us to be. So let me stop here with this. 
I need to do a self-check to see how mature I really am. And worship team, you don't need to come. Y'all can stay. I just need just John. Um, and I ought to need to do a self-check to make sure I understand the mystery of if Jesus is really at the center, then everything out of me ought to emanate Christ. Right? So I've got to be the first person to say, man, I have to evaluate myself. If I have problems at home, I need to fix it first. If I have problems with somebody in the church, I need to fix it first. Are you with me? Okay. Because uh, God modeled the behavior for us. We ought to be able to model the behavior for each other. So here's what I want to do. Self-check. 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 Look at you. Don't look at James. Don't look at Bob. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your wife. Look at you. Am I growing in maturity? And am I unstable in my faith? Because I'm fighting fleshly fights. <laughs> and I'm not engaged in, listen to the word, spiritual warfare. If you're fighting fleshly fights and you're battling with, be it a family member, be it a friend, be it a whatever, the enemy has already penetrated the guard and he's got you and you're fighting the wrong fight. Self-check. If we know who's in us and Jesus truly is at the center, we shouldn't be engaged in that crazy stuff because the enemy's tactic is divide and conquer. So self-check. Bow your heads and do you. Do you. Do you. Thanks for watching this week's sermon. If this is your first time watching one of the RCF sermons, we encourage you to get connected to a church, whether that's here at RCF or a local church around you. If you want to hear more sermons from RCF, you can do so by subscribing to our iTunes podcast or visiting our website. Our website, you can also donate to this ministry online to help support this ministry in impacting and reaching the world. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to stay up to date with what's happening here at RCF.